0: The Mission Helmet is equipped with an integrated air management system exclusive to CKX Helmets. This unique technology allows you to decrease
1: the risk of condensation by evacuating moist air to the outside of the helmet. Under certain weather conditions, the breath deflector will ensure proper
0: operation. The crucial purpose of this component is to isolate the nose and mouth area so that moist air can be confined perfect adjustment, you'll be able once on the trail to fully enjoy all the benefits of the mission and the AMS technology. To learn more about the mission helmet, please go to ckxgear.com or visit our YouTube channel. The CKX team wishes you a wonderful season.
2: I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a, just a big, hairy, American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last.
0: This is your host, Gordon and again, joining me, Hal Armstrong from Time Machines and Snow Tech Magazine. Uh, Hal, how's your uh, summer been going? Uh, What have you been working on? Well, thanks, Gordon. So, uh, yeah, it's been a busy
2: uh, fall season, uh, putting together uh, uh, vintage rider stories for uh, for Snow Tech Magazine, and we kicked off the season uh, in the September issue with the uh, story on the 84 Skidoo uh, Pro
0: Stock. Yeah, that that was, one of what, that was one of my that was one of my favorite uh, articles you did there. That was a fantastic uh, interview you did with Karpik uh, and everything. That was fantastic.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, yeah, we uh, worked a collaboration on that one with Gerard Karpik and uh, kind of went through the history of how that evolved, and, uh, and then of course that sled ended up becoming the uh, PRS front end uh, that Skidoo would use, uh, you know, for probably a decade or more. Formula MX and uh, Mach 1s and all those machines. So that was the first uh, first uh, issue. The second issue was really big one. Uh, it was on the last sled that Kawasaki built, which was the Interceptor 550. And they only built 601 of those. And I was able to uh, hook up with a lot of the original factory people that worked at the, at the manufacturing plant to give me the background history and how that all came. And then the really cool story on that was I tracked down the owner of the number one machine, and it's absolutely mint. It's featured in the story. And the very last the pixel one, and I hooked up with the, uh, the restorer of that one, and we featured some pictures of that. So we had the first one and the last one built uh, off the assembly line in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, for Kawasaki. So that one's got a lot of traction. The issue that's just out now December, it's just coming out I haven't even got it yet is on the 96 ZR uh, 440 so people will remember that was the first green ZR that came out and uh, riders like uh, Kurt Hibbert Brad Take, um race back machine along and then on ovals it was uh, Brian Sturgeon and uh, uh, so just a host of, of racers ran that sled and Dominant machine in '96, and uh, of course this was even before Blair Martin in the uh, scene. So on that one, I was able to crack down the project leader Kevin Thompson, who's still with Arctic. Uh, Kevin helped me out a lot on that one. Got a beautiful uh, sled uh, uh, from a fellow down in South Dakota that restores them absolutely mint. So it's featured in the magazine. Uh, even got a hold of the uh, one of the designers industrial designers at It just started uh, back with Tad back in '95 when uh, they were kind of putting that one all together so there's even that first concept sketch for the original 70 or 93 CR so uh, that, that one's going to be a good one it's, it's, uh, it's some people in the states will already have it I've seen some pictures of it online so great that's what I've done so far they, uh, you know,
0: so lots on the go and of course we're all waiting for our new led uh, to show up at the dealers but uh, as everybody knows uh, a lot of the machines are delayed because of the uh, COVID crisis so yeah let's hope that uh, changes pretty quick because uh our next our next guest to hell I want to go ride with this guy Mike Trap. um what do you know about Mike Trap? well I mean Mike Trapp I mean for, for you me we were just kids uh, uh, you know when he
2: won this uh, first race and it's the 50th anniversary of it coming up in January at Eagle River, but I remember uh, you know, as a kid in grade 8 uh, reading the race and rally story about the world's greatest race and it was like a lap by lap uh, little, uh, blow by blow itinerary of the race and it was like, holy smoke this must have been amazing because uh, these guys were all our heroes right? yeah. yeah. all the big race and, and for a, it was kind of like a Walt Disney movie is like, uh, you know, the local guy meets all the big factory uh, factory teams. So it's going to be really interesting
3: to talk to Mike and, and get his memories on uh, on that big race. Yeah. Who'd have thought Teenage Gordon, to Hell. Uh...
0: Um, watching these guys at uh, you know the, the big venues in uh, in Canada like the uh, uh, Corset Cup and stuff like that, and here we are interviewing them. I still get butterflies every time I talk to these guys. You know how? <laughs> so yeah. so it's uh, it's it's exciting. So you've been saying it's seven years, and I mean uh, we've we you know we've talked to everybody. Yeah. Do have, well, Bob
2: Eastman, uh, Brian Nelson, Gerard Carpent. I mean it just goes on and on and even more but uh, uh, today
3: getting Mike trapped this is uh, this is a big one because
0: yeah. uh, if, if you're around long enough uh, you'll remember him and
2: uh, he was like the David and Goliath right he was the giant killer could be interesting to talk
0: to him exactly yeah yeah We're looking forward to this one so um we got to get mike on uh he's uh, uh graciously uh, uh donating his time uh today to for this interview uh before the packers game i think he had one condition that was uh we wrapped this up before the uh, green bay Packers game so uh let's let's get mike on and uh on uh and talk i mean it's gonna be exciting so okay we'll hang on uh, Hal, and i'll uh get mike on the line here Yep. Say hello to, uh, say hello to Hal Armstrong. He's a contributor to uh, snow tech magazine and, uh, he's, he's, he's done a real case study on you, uh, yeah, for this interview. So, uh, be, be prepared to, uh, to be grilled about, uh, your racing career. <laughs> sure. Hi,
2: Al. how are you doing? <laughs> oh, thanks that, Mike. real, uh, real pleasure to, have, to talk to you Gordon. You were just talking about all the, uh, we've been doing this now for seven years and all the, uh, all the racers, you know, that we've talked to and, uh, and to, uh, to get you on here. It's uh, fantastic. Well,
3: it, you know, it, I, I feel the same way. I mean, all the years that, uh, it's kind of been out of
2: Stoblegill and, you know, uh, racing wise anyway, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's an honor even for you guys to call, but yeah, it, it feels
0: great. Oh, great. So, uh, um, so Mike, we're going to, we're going to go through your career, um, starting in, 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 um. I think there's a lot of, a lot of questions that people have, you know, you know, what you did before, you know, the infamous, uh, you know, 71, 72, um, uh, uh, races that you had, we, we, we want to know what, uh, you know, kind of fill in the blanks where, where you began your career and, um, you know, and basically go, go through your career and, and, uh, how things, uh, kind of played and, and, uh, played out in uh, that 71 and 72 race. But, um, first of all, w- uh, where are you living now and, and what are you doing with yourself?
2: Uh, well, we're still living in, uh, in Manaqua, uh, kind of been married here for 52 years, got two kids. Uh, I'm still actually working uh, with our business, our construction business, uh, ready-mix and excavating. So that, that's still going on with myself and the, and the brother.
0: Nice, nice. In you so, so um, um, they, they have the old Yamaha R&D Center there. Uh, are you close to that uh, that venue?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, we're uh, familiar with that, you know, uh, maybe 11 miles from my house. Yeah. But, uh, yeah I had the great opportunity, you know, of uh, putting together a video with uh, Bob Donahue and uh, Jim Gens there last year, so that was fun to do that, and reminisce of all the stuff that happened.
0: Yeah, Hal and I were discussing that, we, we, we both watched that again, uh, I don't know how many times i watched it, but uh, yeah, we watched it again yesterday. To prepare, and that was a, that was a great video. Uh, uh, old 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 Bobby looks those that uh, leather jacket of Bobby's looks pretty tight. Uh, you know right. after after about 45, 45 years or so, but uh, that was a great video you did yeah. with Yamaha It was nice of them to uh, yeah. to do that fiftieth anniversary kind of thing. So, well, yeah, that was very nice. very nice. Okay, Hal, you want to lead off here? Okay, sure. So, uh, here's where we'll start. Uh, Mike is,
2: uh, you know, for me. Kind of, uh, you know, we were just kids back then when you won the, won the, the big race. I was saying to Gord, we were, you know, twelve, thirteen years old. But uh, obviously, reading uh, all about the event back in uh, Eagle River, but not a lot of
1: going back through
2: some of the history, trying to figure out, uh, you know, where he started, where he came from, because it was almost for us as uh, outsiders, it was like this guy, who, you know, lived, uh, you know, a few miles down the road from Eagle River, qualified for the race, and. Won it so? Give us a little bit of background how you hooked up with Yamaha and uh, and uh, the races leading up to obviously uh, your first World Championship. Sure. I'll, well, I'll, I'll basically just start
3: off as much as I uh, can
2: remember. You know, it's been quite a while ago, but yeah. Anyway, uh, my my career just started off right here in town uh, with a uh, gentleman by the name of Tom Chilino that owns the supper club. Um, and uh, he, he ended up getting, they were buying a 669 uh, snowmobile or skidoo there. Uh, so that's kind of how that got started there. Uh, and we there, there were so many, many uh, small town races, you know, you could hit a race every weekend. So that's kind of what we were doing, just pulling in back from the back of a pickup or trailer and
3: heading out and
2: did quite well with that 669. Uh, the Yamaha dealer here guy in town got them, uh kind of uh, took notice of all that and we were all kind of a close-knit family no matter what kind of uh, sled you were running still snowmobile together and, and so he kind of uh, got to uh, gather uh, uh, with his partner there and they put together a two, three Yamahas for myself and the two cousins and got what they got from Yamaha there was called a get kit, and so he put three sluts together and yeah we went out and uh really uh, just a kind of a ill-handling sled, but the thing was very fast and all of a sudden Yamaha just in the local races around uh was just kind of uh, kicking everybody's butt and uh of course then I went from there uh, uh, uh Yamaha noticed that and uh, I uh, got invited with Bart Mark Markle uh, to a couple of test races, the uh, one in uh, Lake Tahoe at the King's Castle now, West Yellowstone, so, uh, wow, so that was, were, I'm sorry, was that in uh, the, the winter of 1970, or, or it's when you went, yeah, to that, was, that was, yeah, that was 1970, yeah, right, the, uh, that race they had at King's Castle there.
3: That was, like, uh, then, a huge prize Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all the factories were there. It was, uh, you know, it was just a sight for me. I never anticipated this ever happening, you know what I mean? So,
2: uh, and uh, the guy that sponsored me, the Chilino, he flew out there himself and kind of was a little background team coach, you know what I mean? And, He got himself into the pits and he was trying to keep track of all the heats and everything and then he'd get back to me and it was kind of a neat deal there uh say hey mike you gotta you gotta take first in this heat (laughs) so we just kind of went from there you know what i mean and drove hard Uh, and then the team took off from there
1: nice nice
0: Uh, what was the qualifying process out there uh mike
2: a bit of running, like semi-finals, quarter-finals, uh, you just constantly ran, 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 uh, not so much like the U.S. was today, you know, or even back 20, 30 years ago, but there was quite a bit of running there, and uh, yeah, it, you know, and the conditions weren't the best, you know, they had to haul in all that snow, but uh, we did quite well, really. <laughs> so
3: then,
2: got your your new uh, sleds for the 71 season what did you run you ran did they have three three classes like a 292 a 340 and the 440 you ran all three no uh I excuse me Yamaha never did develop when I was with them a 340 it was like a 440 and the single cylinder 300 or 290 is what we were running yeah Yeah. uh Then of course, uh, the rules on fuel, you know, took off uh, with Yamaha uh, uh,
3: getting a big jump on everybody with the alcohol. So there wasn't, there wasn't nothing out there because you
2: couldn't run any alcohol or anything. And They uh, made a big, big jump there with the fuel and that in carburetors. And they were the ex- kind of uh, the exclusive company there that uh, could only
1: run or get those carburetors. So they, I, from my experience. Ad- that I think back the Kia would
2: not sell them to anybody but Yamaha. Really? Okay.
0: Did you have high compression engines?
2: Uh, you know engine-wise I I, I can't think back uh, because I didn't do much with the engine, you know what I mean? Uh, We did have a problem uh, right away before Eagle River and everything that we were blowing head gaskets but that kind of was resolved uh, I remember it was only like a five stud head. And uh, then uh, the next race they come back, they redid all the cylinders and put six studs in. But uh, yeah, you know, Yama, whatever you wanted, you could get. Uh, that Tony me was on the phone probably three, four hours uh, after every race. And there was just boxes of parts or engines or anything at the next uh, race or at the bigger part where you had to pick up. You know, uh, parts at the airport there. So I think that was a big help too. It was just pretty good communication with the people that were here and then back to Yamaha, you know, in uh, Japan there. Yeah.
0: Was, did you have a teammate or anything like that, like anybody else developing this letter? or was it just you?
2: Well, I, had, I had, uh, was running with uh, the two other cousins, Lynn and Wayne, and then Ronnie, we met from out east at uh,
1: Massachusetts there. Yeah. He was the guy that.
0: Was the Yamaha dealer and a uh, motorcycle dealer too out there in Adams, in Pittsfield? And Ronnie was running also yeah, perfect. So, um, so uh, as far as um, um this, this the seventy-one race, you have your you have your your race that your sled all set up. Was there races before uh, this this World Championship that that you kind of, uh, um, you know, got the bugs worked out or you know or, or got it handling at least decent? Oh yeah, yeah, there
2: was. Uh, it, back then, you know, it was like 15 weekends that we raced, but then that, that, uh, I believe the first race was out of West Yellowstone, and then I went from there to Ironwood uh, and maybe there was a race at Wausau I'm, I'm not sure back then, but there was like three or four races before Eagle River
0: Yeah, and you did well at, at all those events, those pre-races? If I, yeah, then I can remember I did well, you know, uh,
2: the, uh, slept, uh, performed, you know, very, very well. Had, seemed to have a lot of horsepower, and, uh, uh it, for free air, you know, the running that alcohol uh, run it quite cool, you know, which maintained a pretty good, uh, curve for the horsepower, you know, so, uh, yeah, it ran well. Yeah.
0: Ran well. Okay, go ahead, now. Yeah, Mike, uh, so you, you
2: you mentioned about your, uh, your mechanic, uh, yeah up with, uh, it was Tony, right? Tony, this is Tony, yeah, he he was basically the chief engineer or uh, he kind of wasn't really anybody's mechanic, I had my own mechanic from Japan uh, and then uh, the cousins there had some guys right out of California, they're right from, right from Yamaha, but Tony kind of was a troubleshooting guy uh, that just constantly was keeping notes and everything all the time okay so 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 were you guys based right out of Managua whenever you drive in like did you have uh, like a trailer uh, with all your sleds and and traveling with from race to race with this whole group yeah we were based uh as much as we could out of Managua you know what I mean because we had uh the chance to do testing around here you know or getting on the lake but uh yeah, once we left Managua, started either going east or west. That was the end of the Managua deal. You know, we would fly home uh, after every weekend, and then the trucks and trailers. Uh, it was kind of a tractor trailer, and then a little, uh, well, like a little moving van or trailers. I think that I can remember that they pulled along for parts and everything, and then we would just fly to the next race uh, and get on in there. Did you? Did your team? Did you guys? Or, uh, Eagle River, did you did you compete up like right. say up to Peterborough at the of Cup with all the other factories Did you run in Canada? at all bose sure, any of those. or know. You
1: know, uh,
2: I honestly can tell you, I don't remember going to uh, the court, the Cup with the Yamahas
3: or Mosesure at all. Uh, after I joined Skidoo, you know what I'm saying, and then 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 that
2: took off into Canada. But I don't remember running up. Canada at all would the obvious mean, at all. Okay, so so now we're heading to Eagle River weekend, and uh, I was reading that the qualifying for to get into the, the world championship race was uh, is obviously a lot different than it is today. And, and then just mm-hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, that you had to do uh, a seven mile obstacle course. It was the timed, then a quarter mile drag run that was timed, and then. Maybe one or two hot laps around the track, and then they picked the top forty-eight semifinals. Is for what I'm reading in the old race and rally from that race uh, to run off a bunch of heat before they had the final ten. Is that, is that how it went down? Uh, yep, yep. That was pretty much how it went, Dave. I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, on the numbers there, if there was forty-eight, there was quite a quite a few guys. Uh, I don't I don't remember that many, but. I guess maybe there was to be honest with you so the obstacle course was it like out in the, like in the bush like the cross-country type run or what was that like well that was kind of uh, to the southeast of the track that's there right now uh, and the pits were right alongside highway 45 you know what i mean but yeah they they went out into the woods and uh, back into uh, uh into the fields again and stuff like that. There, but it was it was pretty good obstacle course. You know, very challenging. Okay, so you but, obviously uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. You sorry, don't qualified for the final, and um, so I was reading that back in the day defending champion didn't have to go through that process right so Yvonne had won in 1970 so he didn't have any time then literally on the track or was he I guess he had competed in some other events
3: prior to the world championship there right I, I
2: think he did yeah yeah I think he did I you know uh, to be honest with you there Lord uh, hell there was, there was so many slips at these events that at, started of the 70s and everything that uh
0: God, it was just even hard to keep track of who the heck was there or watch them, or do anything you know uh so many teams involved yeah so, so was it, uh, cool. yeah i was, I was wondering uh, mike uh, so uh were, were you were, would you have been considered one of the uh one of the top racers uh you know going into uh that world championship like uh would the other racers uh you know be uh be uh you know kind of looking out for you and uh and maybe who who did you uh, who are you aware most aware of uh, that uh, you know would would have been your competition uh, going into that race with, with with so many competitors? Yeah, I to be honest
2: with you, there, uh, Lord, I I don't think anybody heard of the traps. You know what I mean? Really, you know, really? Yeah, because uh, uh, we have we we weren't around uh, any of those guys before uh, the seventy one season. But you know the the real advantage I can think about the Yamaha was number one, being on the alcohol. Uh, number two, the sled was so compact and light, you know what I mean? That uh, It was pretty manageable, handleable, you know what I mean? to get around the corner, but I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I, there's no question in my mind that I have Demon on my mind all the time, you know, because uh, them guys seem
0: to be pretty fast at the big 800s, you know, <laughs> and Flaris, and also
2: Artie Cat with the King Cat okay go ahead Al. so running on alcohol uh mike uh, back in the day i guess a lot of some of the teams were also trying were, were running with alcohol also but uh what, what kind of power was your 433 like any ideas like uh, going into the race i mean i guess one of the questions i've got is were you guys just taking this as a flyer to go and try and see if you could uh qualify for the world championship or going into weekend that was the game, game plan You're, you had, had success running earlier against the 650s and 800s and I thought you'd give it a go yeah you know uh, otherwise I I don't remember uh, now what, what the power was on that i i never seen any if you want to speak dino sheets and stuff like that on there you know uh, but uh, yeah I it, it just uh You know, it's hard to explain uh, where where my feeling was of of, uh, where we were with the competition. You know, I mean, I I just really didn't uh, expect that we would stay with these guys as much as we did. But the the races prior to Eagle River, uh, I knew that we had a pretty good chance, you know what I mean? Because we didn't meet those guys on West Yellowstone and Ironwood and stuff like that. Okay. So... Race. I read that there was there was 90 qualified, and you know when you looked at the, the guys that were on the starting line with you, it was like a who's who of the top racers of the day. And was there was there some controversy about running any of you on the race uh, that year? And you guys had to do a vote to see if you're going to do another heat, another semifinal to kind of pare it down a bit. Yeah, you know, uh, you know there was some controversy there. I the number situation that you uh, uh, talked about right there was uh, was there was there enough room I guess on the track space wise for 10 machines uh, but uh,
3: yeah as, as it went down and that, that's what the USSA come down to was uh, give us the
2: opportunity to vote on it you know so everybody voted to go with the 10 okay so Get to the the final. Um, I'm looking back at the pictures. There it looked like you had there was a lot of snow on the track. The, the Eagle River track then. I mean, it is now bank but I mean, I guess back in the day, uh, everybody was kind of sliding up into the corners, bouncing off the walls, and coming down. Were you running back then uh, carbide studs and that type, of, you know, traction devices on your sled? I think you had those little pizza cutter wheels on the on the skis. Uh, what we do with the traction products. Yeah, you know, uh, my knowledge, I think back, we, we had no carbides. Uh, I don't know if anybody was running them that year. Uh, and uh, the traction products, we didn't have anything set up in the tracks. Uh, it was kind of just the uh, thickness or the length of the rip that was on the track, you know, that gives us the traction there, you know. Uh, I don't remember, I'll, I'll be honest with you if they made special tracks for us, but I know the uh the crossbar of the rib sticking down was uh quite deep, uh which which were we we gained on the traction of the starting line and stuff like that too. Okay. So you know, we're at yeah you wrapped know, we're, at the, we're at the big race now we're at the final it's three o'clock. you um, we're all lined up
3: at the uh at the
2: start. Um just just step me through like you're at the line who was the driver that you're you're looking at when you're you know turning your head left and right that you're the most worried about or concerned about or going to keep an eye on oh yeah you know i that's a tough tough question there i basically my looking left and right was trying to figure out uh uh actually who was going to get get a good start to where they were at and uh I had to contend with that there was going to be any contention, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, I, um, you know, I, I, I can honestly think back, if it goes back to that 50 years, and I just basically just concentrated on nothing but the line or my start straight ahead, you know, I, I once the Green flag went down, uh, when uh, we got it there, uh, uh, I, I, I can honestly tell you, I
0: didn't pay any attention left or right, you know. I just tried to focus on my driving ability is what, what I did there. Okay. Bert? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was great. Great. Um. So, um, going in, into the into the race, um, do, uh, do you remember what how uh, what you got for uh, off the start? Uh, did you lead right away, or did you have to come up through the pack? You know, I
2: I'm not sure there. Or coming out you know what i'm saying uh it could have been uh maybe third or something like that uh i'm, I'm trying to think uh Ebon, i'm sure it took the lead right away but I, i'm not sure if was, uh if there was somebody ahead of me or i come out of that corner second i really really don't remember it
3: all i'd have to look at the film myself yeah
0: but- that, uh, that 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 uh, video that uh, Yamaha produced—it's uh, it, got a, a very short um, clip of, uh, of of you uh, passing Yvonne, and then uh, um, you, I guess he had quite a quite a battle, um, you know, for a few laps, and then he, he spun around or something, and uh, and uh, you, you realized that uh, he, he was nowhere nowhere around anymore. <laughs> All right,
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. We were. I think the lead changed like 14, 15 times. Uh, really? You know, I, the only thing I can actually remember was that uh, after uh, about the uh, maybe second or third lap that I'm thinking about that I, I certainly did have a chance to uh, try to try to uh, stay with Ivan or maybe even pass him and as the race progressed I think you know that's how it went was just the, uh, the race between the two sleds but uh, my uh, my uh, idea of Winning that race was uh, following him out of the corner, down the straightaway, pass him if I could. uh, Because really, I think the second place guy, uh, to my uh, knowledge, always did have the advantage over, of course, the first place guy because you could figure out the line that he was uh, uh, using. And if uh, you wanted to pass him, you'd just have to figure out a different line. And that's kind of where I was at right there. I was trying to figure out a line to to get around Yvonne. I remember right, I, I didn't lead going past the start and finish. Maybe that second to the last lap or the last lap because we always know, Yvonne was leading quite a bit all the time, or maybe we come across there um, tied up, you know what I mean? And it's kind of a bad situation when you go across the finish line and you're tied, and, uh, you're running neck and neck, you really don't have much choice but
0: to uh, figure out the. Uh, corner uh as you're going both to the corner yeah well, what were the what were the conditions like uh on that day you remember was, was it the usual you know bitter cold or uh um what, what was what were the conditions like yeah I you know i'll, I'll tell you where the, you can almost set the time or your calendar to <laughs> or yeah. this weekend because uh I mean I've lived here all my life
2: and it could be a nice week before that but Negro River comes it's uh, 10, 15 below. But, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, being the younger, the, the I mean, as young as I was, it seemed like the cold for some particular reason. You know? I mean, you could ask anybody. You know, I got my grandkids and stuff, but that don't, cold don't bother them. But uh, I think that's kind of where I was at. You know, uh, it was cold, I believe, but didn't seem to bother about it. I had so much adrenaline going, you know what I mean, that the cold weather didn't uh, –
0: Seemed to affect me at all that I can remember. Yeah. So, what was the atmosphere like after you, you won the race? Uh, I suspect that the, the the large crowd usually wasn't uh, uh, used to uh, Yamaha winning. Um, how, how did you feel, and, and, and what was the reaction of the crowd? Uh, maybe, be, maybe be the underdog beating Yvonne, who was probably the the crowd favorite, and and you know the others. Uh, what, what was uh, what was the atmosphere like? Well, uh, the
2: reaction. Was- just totally phenomenal with me I mean even even the people from Eagle River that's kind of almost like my my second home you know uh, but there were so many people from Monaco and Woodrow and uh yeah it's just uh they were kind of down on the boards and waving and yelling and stuff like that but you know really if I think back uh, there it, it's so hard to grasp you know what that uh, title was right away you know what I'm saying but uh yeah, I I just I
3: got phone calls every day, every week, uh, uh,
2: and I had uh, you know like different Lions clubs was throwing stuff for me and inviting me to the Lions' deal really uh, even Eagle yeah Eagle River uh, even invited me over for their uh, that I remember uh, at Eagle River it was the Fourth of July parade for God's sakes even being in that but yeah I was doing something something uh. You know, there were so many people that supported you, that uh,
0: they enjoyed seeing you win. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Hal, you want to go ahead? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to listen to you guys.
1: I, I was thinking, like after that race, everybody must have been, you know, pretty pretty stunned to see uh, uh,
2: these little Yamaha's. You know, they told these guys. They it must have been uh, after the race. It must have been one heck of a party for these guys.
3: Oh yeah,
2: there was uh, like like I say that guy that kind of sponsored me. uh, Tom Ciolino, he he had that supper club west of town here, but I I don't think you could put another person in that place. It's just. used for the material i guess and so uh, it, it was something that they couldn't get the crank developed real quick like so we had to do what we could with what we had there and uh everybody was just going crankshafts constantly blowing crankshafts so uh uh when it come to the uh to the uh, eagle river race there you know with the 643 uh Gordy Metz and Mike Bowers there was uh, at the time the team manager there, Bowers and Gordy was a mechanic, but they uh, decided that they were gonna try a somewhat of a stationary plate that was affixed to the uh, primary clutch and the secondary clutch there. And uh, So they went over to Minneapolis, Gordy had good friends over there and uh, took the sled along and the and made something right That kind of was their idea, you know, and uh, it, it, it lived through Eagle River. And we uh, didn't do anything. We didn't do anything with the machine after. I won Eagle River in 72, and we took out. I remember going to Spokane, Washington, the race. And we went there, and I uh, was leading the race in Spokane. I think it was like the second lap. And uh, I'll be darned if that uh, crank didn't go, even with that brace in there. <laughs> so... Um, that was pretty, for- pretty fortunate, really, that I even finished that race, I guess. And, you know, looking back at, uh, at the magazine articles from that race, it looked like going into that, uh, Jim at was having a big year on Thunder Jets, and I think Gaston Perland was having a really good year. He's a strong rider anyway. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the final, it looked like it was almost like a cakewalk for you, like, Everybody was breaking down, and, uh, I think you led from start to finish. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I, uh, I, I, led from start to finish, yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm, I'm not sure, uh, what the heck happened to, uh, the competition there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh the bit worrisome to me was that, Adam, you know, uh, because, you know, I basically did there, one thing I got done qualifying, I would just go to the track and on one of the corners and watch everybody's line, and figure out where the fast line was, where it was, and where to go, and stuff like that. So I, I did that every race. Every race, I would go to the uh, track and watch that. But Adama seemed to be uh, the guy, to me, anyway, that I can think back was the guy to beat, because he was just... Uh, Held
0: that inside on both corners, one and two and three and four. Nobody else was doing that. <laughs> how was the, How was, uh, were Were you the only Yamaha at the time there, or was there was there uh, uh, more people uh, taking note of, of 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 Yamaha's success the year before? And uh, you know, was was there other Yamaha racers other other than your cousins? Yeah, I, I believe it was uh, the Yamahas. There were our
2: whole team was there, myself and the cousins. I'm sure that Ronnie was there, but, uh, I, I think prior that you had the qualification given to you, if you were the WC, uh, you know, the year before, and
0: I, I'm thinking I was the only Yamaha in the race. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Was, was, uh, were you, were you still getting uh, like lots of support from Yamaha then, then or no, like, a, a factory, a factory, a trailer and, and stuff like that. And, uh, um. Did that, did that attract a lot of a lot of the crowd now now that you're you the defending champion? Oh yeah. Yeah. We we were
2: still pretty much uh a factory team yet, you know. I was still on the Omaha team, but we had to track the and traders and stuff
3: like that. There uh yeah, I um I you know, I'm, I'm just not sure
2: uh what the heck happened to all the rest of the Omaha's or why nobody even qualified except for myself
0: being placed in that position you know you, you had a you had a smaller di- displacement engine uh than the than the screws the screws were running uh uh what 800s or uh, you uh, know was, was it hell uh, uh 695 or something like that or i think they were running 800s i don't i don't think they limited the uh, cc uh engines you know what i'm saying uh i think they were running 800s 800, 800 or 650s
2: uh
0: I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. You were kind of at, uh, at a at a maybe a, a displacement disadvantage, and uh, and yet you still dominated. Yeah, I you know who's to think you know when you look down the
2: starting line uh, that that race would have uh, ended up the way it did with uh, just myself being the only Yamaha in there, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was it was truly a truly a good race.
0: Had a lot of power, good handling, and everything. Yeah, it must have been pretty loud back in those days too, with uh, all those uh, all those older sleds and the pipes. Uh, on them. It must have been, uh, you know, deafening the the, the, the the noise of those sleds. All right, yeah, uh, you know back then uh The hearing part wasn't a concern, <laughs> I'm sure as with me not for you. Know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I guess the 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 elephant in the room then uh, would be uh, so uh, why the switch? You 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 then after seventy two, you you switched to Skidoo. Um, What happened there? Well, uh, you know, after after the season was uh,
2: done, we got a phone call from this Mel Calloway, and all myself, the two cousins flew out to California and kind of threw out a deal, and all of us and everything like that. myself I I wasn't real comfortable with what they wanted to uh, kind of give us, you know what I mean? Uh, considering I won back then, you know, one two uh, WCs in a row there. So uh I I didn't really sign anything, you know, contract wise I left back home just hold 'em get back home and again, uh, I was talking to Chiolino there, uh, Tom from the Supper Club and and he was a good friend, a bit older than I, but a good friend. And he said, you know, maybe the best thing to do, Michael, just give uh, Skidoo a call. You want me to give Skidoo a call? I give Skidoo a call right now. So he, uh, yeah, he dialed right up there and got a hold of uh, Laurent Bouland, and uh, within a week or two weeks, I uh, had a uh, uh, kind of a letter from those people uh, inviting me to come up, and uh, they would be happy if. If uh, we can get something resolved, there are two contracts. You know, to get onto the team. Well,
0: then I did fly up there, like in May or something like that, and signed a three-year contract. With really? Yeah. So he was acting as yeah, your I, agent. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry? He was acting as your agent then. He was uh, your, your, your old yeah. sponsor, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah.
3: Was
0: he was pretty smart, pretty guy. Yeah. He he was a, he he was, a, he was he was a, he was a, he was a Yamaha dealer too, right? Correct or no, no. Uh, uh, Dick Van Gotham was the dealer. Okay, yeah. Uh, this was this, this the guy that had the up there. Okay, so so what was uh, what was uh, uh, your your sponsor? Um, um, what was what was his thoughts of of you leaving? You know, kind of his dealer factory team um, to go to, to to go to Skidoo. Was uh, was was he you know all for it? And you mean. Uh, the Chilino
2: guy, you mean? Yes, yeah, yeah. Your previous sponsor oh, yeah, yeah. He was all for it. He was basically kind of a skidoo guy anyway, because that's where I got my start and you know, all with that 669. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have a problem with that. Uh, uh, but, you know, just really was probably the best move that I ever made in my career was going up there because uh the them people up there, I, I got to be real close with them and they, they uh, just. Give a hundred percent to whatever they, uh,
0: whatever your effort would be. You know, into the race of racing. Yeah. Oh, so, well, yeah. they they still do that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They do. They do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, Hal, you want to? Yeah. So just just
2: following up on the uh, what, what you guys were talking about. So seventy three, you uh, sign up with uh, Skidoo, and you were part of the. Uh, were you part of
1: with it called the Can Am
2: team? So yourself, and
1: Gaston,
2: and uh, and Yvonne, Mike? Yep, that's where it ended up being. uh, uh, Yvonne, Gaston, and myself. Uh, I'm not sure. I think they got they let that name go or didn't put it on the uh, trailers. I think it was just Bomadir Racing or something like that, or Skidoo Racing. Uh, I know that uh, Gaston and and, uh, Yvonne were kind of called the Can-Am team before that, but I think it was just a uh, different name that they threw out there, you know.
0: How did you feel joining... Spent... Okay, go ahead, go Okay, Go go ahead, El. Sorry, Word, I was just going to say to Mike, uh, did you spend
2: the fall up there then, Mike, like on their track of the court, you know, getting familiar with the machinery and the uh, mechanics and uh, how was the language barrier and everything, how did that all work for you? Well, uh, yeah, I left in, uh, I think it was October, Uh, 72 I believe it was and uh, the language barrier was a bit difficult but I ended up uh, getting a great guy Riala Rochelle for a mechanic and he's a very intelligent person Uh, he uh, spoke fairly good English
0: Um, joining your your I mean your your, your biggest competition you were not were now joining uh, um, Gaston and, and Yvonne uh, uh, were, you, were you pretty confident or were you just a, a little bit uh, nervous of, of of your teammates
2: well I, I was a bit nervous you know I didn't I didn't know how they were going to accept the fact that we were competition against each other you know what I mean or how I was going to be accepted as the team You know, in the team, I guess I should say, but everybody kind of, uh, that I can remember accepted me quite well, uh, and like I said, became pretty close friends with everybody there, uh, uh, Yvonne, of course, spoke very good English all the time, so, uh, we kind of became a bit close, uh, he would go to bat for me on some stuff, you know what I mean, of that language barrier to get, get, uh, uh, stuff like that there but uh, yeah I was you know it was just a great relationship uh, I remember uh, when we got the engines from uh, Australia or Austria there, uh, Riel and I, my mechanic we got, I think we had about eight 800 and I'll be darned after everybody left at 5 o'clock we took all the en- engines and went to the dino room <laughs> and we were there until two two thirty in that that morning, and he dialed every engine and cut the the uh, the most poor, uh, power out of the one engine, and that's the one we kept, you know. So stuff like that just kind of
0: revolved through the whole course of that year. Nice. Um, so how would how you make out? How did you make out for the full year then? Uh, in seventy three, your first year on the skidoo. You
2: know I. Um, out west, got second, third behind Eastman there uh, in the WC. I uh, won the uh, 340 class, the mob 340 at Eagle River. Uh, but still competition, you know what I'm saying? Back then, I my mind doesn't remember any big, huge wins. Uh, I probably could have or should have won the fourth the cup uh, that year, but um, I was leading in every final qualified in all three miles, 440, and the eight hundred. But we were, uh, busting the, uh, bulkheads where the ski spindle went down. And, uh, that's where Yvonne got hurt that year where he crashed. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm, I, I just, I'm, I'm not sure even to tell you honestly what I all won there to do. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, huh? So, Bob, my going into Eagle River was nineteen. 19- seventy three, uh was it the same you automatically got the buy even though you had raced Yamaha the year before for the final? Or did you have yeah.
3: to qualify they,
2: No no they still uh honored that and uh then there was some scuttle and talk about how Kabo bought all the and stuff like that. So <laughs> after that year there, uh yeah, it it's a changed, you know, uh, I uh I don't can't tell you honestly that I Oh, I, I mean I'm proud about what happened, uh, what, what I am about to say, but we did change the uh, philosophy of alcohol, so they took that away after I won the first WC, and then uh, they took that uh, um, uh, uh, full position away too after I went to Skidoo, so at least I was in some type of a historic change of doing something there, you know. Yeah. Okay. So I'm looking at the starting lineup here, uh, 73, and it looked like 73 was a real mild winter. So you were running uh, primarily on ice and sawdust that year, right? So was that a, a big uh, a change to set up the machines to get them to work right? Were the free air motors? Were, was it cold that day, or was it, or was it really mild? Uh, just looking at the track, there's not a lot of snow. No, no, uh, I I don't know whose idea was to put sawdust matter of kind of uh save the ice you know what I mean but yeah I was real mild uh, that day and uh, it said run good know, run good uh, I later found out that uh, Eastman uh, had hooked up with somebody that uh, was developing the car by then and uh, when I did I I, I, I uh, just have that racer you can get it on tape and I did notice that he was uh, used in a very low line compared to everybody else. You know what I mean? So uh, I just gained on an him a little bit towards the end there, but wasn't enough time.
0: Yeah, I was wondering. I was, I was wondering. Uh, um, uh, I, I've seen pictures of your of your skidoo. Um, and, and Yamahas, was, was there any uh, significance to the uh, racing numbers that you had? Uh, I think your skidoo, your 739 or 735 or something like that. Was there any significance to uh, the uh, the numbering on your sleds? Well, uh, back then uh, USSA had a
2: numbering system of how uh, you finished at points in, in your uh, class. And that's where that uh,
0: 33 was central division or c41 was central division yeah okay and that's how i finished in
3: uh in, in my class there the, the
2: 932 i it, that i uh, run with was kind of just a number that was uh when i applied for membership from ussa that that's how it come out 932 and
0: that was my number there you know yeah how many of those sleds exist now do or uh, how many of them are at the uh the hall um and is there any in private hands, or do you have any? I, uh,
2: well, the C41 in the Yamaha, uh, Lauren Anderson uh, sold that flat. Uh, that's over at the Hall of Fame. Now, we're, we're doing a 50th ride. The uh, brother-in-law great guy, I decided that he wasn't going to let the 50th anniversary of my first WC go. So we're doing a 50-year ride,
3: and that's uh, kind of on display over there. I uh, ended up Getting a uh, buying it myself the 71 uh blizzard
2: the 800 uh, more or less to speak it's kind of like if you want to say it, it's a it's a uh, sled that was built by a good friend of mine uh, down in Alaska. and uh the thing is never seen gas it's basically like a virgin, It's unbelievable sled and uh i i bought that through Lauren anderson uh to the hall of fame there he had that there I have my 932, uh, 340 at my shop, uh, John the restored, And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I still tinker around a little bit. Right now what I'm doing is I, uh, ended up getting the alarm. I ripped that whole thing down and doing it for my grandson.
0: Oh, nice. Uh,
2: Okay. And, uh, so hopefully he's going to go on that ride in February with me.
0: Yeah. So to talk about the ride, uh, uh, and i know hal and i we desperately want to come to that ride but uh unfortunately uh, we're we're kind of stuck up here with the border closed but uh if the border does open up uh mike um, hal and i are going to be there i I, I, de- I haven't done one yet and and this is the one i want to do so um if the if the border does open up i'm uh, I'm, I'm coming down to that ride uh, guarantee so um tell us about the ride um tell us about the the ride for champs um uh the date and uh, and and where are you going to be doing it
2: Okay, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be doing it February 12th, that's the uh, induction, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony is that weekend, and uh, our, the 50th ride uh, is kind of uh, going to be, re, I guess, replacing some ride that they come up, up with uh, during the day, but the ride, actual ride, the Hall of Fame ride itself, is still uh, uh, going on, I think, to my knowledge, on that Saturday, but we're going to be going on a Friday, and uh, meeting us at the Hall of Fame. Then we're gonna run over the Eagle River track, run right over there, and anybody wants to do a hot lap or something like that, they're gonna allow that. And then we're uh, gonna take off back to uh, my hometown here. And uh, I, we, we built a... Uh,
0: I've seen the hall of fame has got uh, a registration on their website now for that, uh, for that ride. So if anybody's interested, they can go to the uh, Snowbill hall of fame website and, uh, and uh, register. Uh, I I was looking at it yesterday. So uh, um, I'm hoping, I say I'm I'm, I'm hoping, desperately hoping that the border opens up so we can come down and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, go to that ride amongst other, other races. But, um, um, so uh, i guess we, we should c- carry on um so after 73 uh um i guess uh th- they came out with uh, the new snow pro uh, the new snow pro sleds uh um that uh, you and yvonne had uh in gaston um did you ever get a chance to to race that uh, that sled that's the one that they they, they they didn't race that year or something exactly yeah that seventy four snow yeah Well, oh, i we did
2: do uh yvonne and i uh did do testing on there. Uh, Gaston never did get back to the team after that, huh? after that 73. Uh, I, I don't know what happened there, you know, but it was Yvonne and I, and we did do testing with that slip, uh, and then basically kind of what they did was some engineers, they went down to uh, St. Lazar where they had a snowfall race there, right outside of Montreal, did a bunch of uh, timing uh, with... Uh, the laps and everything, and then we went there, Yvonne and I, a couple of days after uh, everybody left, and uh, we were like about a second, second and a half, if I remember right, on the 650s, and pretty much even uh, with the Yamahas, the uh, Yamaha was pretty fast that year, uh, and then I really don't remember when we were at on the 340 at all, but, you know, I, I think we'd have been very competitive with a hand-built machine, like everybody's was entitled to do uh, it would have just been a matter of uh, dialing that thing in, you know what I mean? But, you know, yeah, it was kind of an up and down uh, series uh, of events that happened that year and uh, uh, even the following year uh, I uh, was still locked in with uh, ski on the contract, you know what I mean, uh, with the three years, but I, I, I did go back up the belt on that uh, like 74, 75 year and then uh, real of course is still working there them guys work there full-time you know what I mean and uh, we did put some kind of some makeshift sled together and then we had some engines uh, some racing engines that come out of Austria and we were kind of just getting missing races uh, either at uh, uh, in, in, in Canada and Quebec there or otherwise we went uh, out east so yeah it was like I say it was just after that uh, 73 season it was just kind of a
0: Getting mess deal, you know, uh, for myself, with the race career end of it. Yeah, yeah. Was was it a was it a big disappointment not uh, not being able to race that uh, '74? Um, you know, with the, with the gas, the, I guess it was the gas crisis kind of thing. So Scudé did not race that year. Or was that was that kind of a disappointment, or for you? Oh, it was very. Yeah, I was very disappointed.
2: We we went around with uh, I think Eveon covered the uh, Canadian. Uh, End of the dealers up there, and I was down here in the U.S. And then I went with the public relations guy uh, uh, with, with with the soap Uh Ivan had his, and I had the one down here, and we went to all the dealerships that uh, uh, wanted to uh, see the sled and everything, you know, yep. to uh, make sure that yep. it was was there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I got a little story on that too. I I brought that sled home. And I left it at my place, and finally, uh, I got a call from Laurent Bouvon, and he said, hey, Mike, you have to send the sled back, or we're going to void your contract. <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't want to leave the sled go, because I kind of knew what was going to happen to those things, but as it did, it did get shipped back to uh, Delcourt. Right now, today, uh, that sled is only about a mile from our house, Uh Guy from uh, Illinois, a big Vinnie's uh, guy that
0: bought that from Yvonne. So uh, it's only uh, the only one uh, that's left in the world. Oh, I thought I thought uh, Yvonne's was the only one that was left, and, and that one was just recently bought and uh, and 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 put in the Snowville Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So, yeah. Yvonne yeah, uh, "No, it's not in the Hall of Fame." Uh, uh, the guy. Uh, Personally, bought that. I mean, he's got a uh, pretty big showroom, like I say, uh, just west of our hotel in and that's where he's, he's uh, got that right now. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hal, you got more, some more questions? After yeah, uh, after '74, uh, Mike. Uh, I guess the last. Correct me if I'm wrong. The last year of oval racing for you, factory oval racing, was uh, '76. And is that right?
1: Was
2: 76. Yep. Yeah, 76. Yep. Yeah, 76. I'm sorry, how Yeah, uh, 76 racing out of Virginia.
3: Was it Virginia, Minnesota? Out of the track and out of the team there? Yep, that, that's where it was at Virginia. At uh, Stabers, uh,
2: that, that 401 or that Flash oil performance building that he had. Uh, so we worked out of yeah. there. Okay, so you ran the '76, uh, I guess, with like an RV chassis converted into a snow pro, and uh, I think Greg Spalding was one of the mechanics for you guys then. How 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 did that season end up for for you? Oh, that was just a kind of a hit and miss season. I I really I didn't do much at all that I can remember in that uh, in that sled at all. To be honest with you. And after so that did year, you uh, the, I'm sorry. Did you, did you transition to cross country also during '76 for a while, or what was? Yep. Well, what would happen was they they uh just kind of changed gears. You know what I'm saying? Bombardier did, and then they hired Doug Hayes and Chabitzky, and uh, I think Rugland stayed with the team, and that's when they come up with that uh, IFS front end that liquid pool sweat. And uh, I, Sid Dan Hayes and I uh, went to cross country and then the uh, Oval team went that way there. But, you know, to be honest, you with cross country was not my, uh, not my thing. And, uh, you know, I, I just kind of had a family to get going, reason up here, plus the business and everything. So
0: I just kind of just bowed right out of that. Nice. Um, I I think we, we, we heard your wife in the background there, uh, uh, Mike. D- d- does she have any memories uh, of, of your racing uh, racing career uh, back then? Uh, she got some comments? W- you know, w- were, were you married? Oh, I'm, sure I'm sure she does. <laughs> well, uh, she? yeah, yeah, sure. P- put put her on. Li- we would like to hear what uh, what what she remembers uh, back then.
3: No
1: problem. Well,
0: it was exciting times, that's for sure. Yeah. So, um. Mm-hmm. Were you were you married, uh, uh, at, you know, in, in the seventy one seventy two uh, season to, to start, and and what was your uh, what was your thought of uh, of uh, you know um, you know being married to a to a snowmobile racer? Was, was there any apprehensions about that? <laughs> well, no real apprehensions. I just trusted that he'd do his best and
1: try to be safe. Uh-huh. We wanted him to be safe always. Yeah. Um, it was exciting. It was exciting times. It really was. um We grew with the sport together, and that's watching him race. Um, A lot of support from family and friends. So when I buried my head in somebody's arms or chest, I would know that he came out of that turn okay.
3: Yeah.
0: Did you you go to all the races?
1: I didn't go to all of them. Um, We had just been, you know, we were newly married, and I had a job and so on and so forth. But I went to many races, and many of the races that I couldn't go to, family members would go. Maybe it would be my brothers or maybe it was my mom and dad or right. my sisters and his brothers. So, yeah, we were always supporting him and a lot of extra travel for everybody. Everybody enjoyed that time. Um, but that,
2: but that was one good thing, too, about Skidoo there, but uh, there was always an
3: invitation for the
2: wife to go to a race. And uh, if you accepted that, you know what I'm saying, they, they
3: would buy an airplane ticket and fly the wife right to the to the race. nice yeah
0: good good going yeah. back to the, the year that um was mentioned about the
1: gas crisis you know the fuel crisis that would have been a big year for studio for sure they yeah. had everything planned for family they had chairs for our little guy our son at that time and um chairs for the family with our names on it and they had a big new hauler and they were expecting a big year um, and then you know the fuel crunch came and decided to pull out
0: because it was the right thing to do. Yeah, they were they were they, they were starting to do a lot of advertising then back then with uh, poster post posters and stickers too. I remember oh, yeah. I remember the stickers uh, that they had uh, you know uh, um kind of thing so that, that was yeah Skidoo was definitely kind of probably ahead of of everybody every other manufacturer then with uh, you oh, know the, the posters yeah. and the the marketing the marketing yeah. yeah. So Hell, you got any questions for uh, right, thank you. Yeah I got a quick question
2: for them. You, like what, what's your what's your takeaway when you look back? Uh, I mean, Mike, you, you were racing really in the I, I'd say the pinnacle of you know snowmobile popularity in North America. Like you know, for you and your wife traveling around at the time, uh, what, what was it like in those days? I mean, I, I kind of I kind of my analogy would be kind of like you're an NHL superstar or something coming into town. Like was it year round? Everybody was you know wanting a piece of you all the time or. Or did you kind of just go off in the summer and do your own, uh, you know, work? Well, I, uh, you know, it, it's still, still there. Al. Uh, you know, uh, I uh, was at a job the other day, uh, like 20, 25, 30 miles south of Monaco. And then, uh, the guy said to me, he says, uh, uh, I, I dropped some uh, product off. And to me he says uh, are you my craft and i says yep yeah yeah well i was down at your race with <laughs> i said really i said for crying all loud he is yeah so he was kind of reminiscing you know i i, I think for them to go back is like me going back you know it kind of gives them a good feeling that uh somebody was there or he was there watching the race and stuff like that but there's there's uh, other people that uh, constantly
1: uh, to this day right now uh, bring the fact up of uh, very proud to meet you and stuff like that there Yeah, I think that's the fun part right now with vintage racing coming about um, everybody remembers that race and um, you know all, people are always introducing themselves and telling how they got to the race that day or how the race was that day and I mean our our daughter lives uh hours away from us and she meets people down in the milwaukee area often that say oh you're Mike Trapp's daughter <laughs> 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 so that's yours and yours. <laughs> it's, it's funny vintage racing did a lot for the sport again i think yeah in a sense of yeah. Yeah. memories and yeah. so i understand mike that uh,
0: they're they're, they're going to be getting that uh your your old alcohol sled out at the at, uh, at the ride or, or the the eagle river weekend they're, they're you're going to you're going to take it for a lap, uh is that is that right? Well that, that's what I've been
2: hearing Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm not so sure I don't think it's going to be the uh, vintage week I'm talking to Russ Davis you know yep. and all those people over there that, uh, that own that track now but it sounds like it's for the, the, the big WC you know what I yep. mean? Uh, with the modern sleds but that, that, that's my understanding that, that Leon Cook you're supposed to get this sled
3: running, you know,
2: but to be honest with you, jokingly,
0: uh, it'd be real embarrassing (laughs) to go around the track and the darn thing quit. Or spin out, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Yeah. perfect, so. Um, Do you follow the racing quite a bit now? Still?
2: Uh, Well, not as much as I used to. The the brother did get back into vintage racing for three, four years, uh, so I was I, uh,
0: I I really had a tough time with the cold weather. Yeah. Oh, we all we all do now. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Hal, you want to ask some final questions, and then uh, we we gotta let Mike go because it's gotta be kickoff pretty soon for the for the Packers. So, uh. yeah. <laughs> Hal, you got a final question for for Mike? Yep. Just a uh, just a uh, just uh, probably a recap. Uh, uh, it's
2: just uh, first off. Thank you for uh, taking the time, uh, you and your wife, uh, to speak with uh, Gordon me on this. Uh, you definitely were were on our bucket list of people to uh, talk to. You, so thanks, thanks again. Um, I know that uh, talking with uh, Kevin Belke from Snow Tech Magazine, they're putting together I think for the January issue uh, special uh, features in the magazine about the, the race that dad that uh, you know he wrote about fifty years ago about your exploits and. Uh, and uh, I think Greg Marrier is doing something on, on your sled, too, so that, that'll be something to look forward to. But, uh, yeah. Just, just in recap, I mean, uh, uh, for you, you kind of lived everybody's uh, dream, you know? It'd be like anybody just going out and uh, kind of coming from, like I, I mentioned earlier, kind of out of nowhere and, and uh, kicking ass, basically, of the, all the big teams. <laughs> and so that's yeah, really, kind of cool about yeah back in the day and then you know to parlay that into you know having a factory or deal with you know the biggest manufacturers Skidoo, do I mean that must have just been a dream come true back, back in the day well, well, yeah it
1: was, it was you know I mean just a, uh, and you know I, I
2: didn't mention him the ride but uh, I, I still am uh, uh, a Skidoo guy you know what I mean even though the uh, WCs were one on the Yamaha and and basically, the, the ride that, that's uh, taken place, we're trying to do a 50-50 on everything. The brother-in-law, you know what I mean, is just doing a terrific job. But I had uh, told him that what I want to do on that 50 is that I, I want nothing but skidoo. So, uh, and then there was kind of a little controversy about that. And he said, well, what happens if somebody else wants to join them and they don't have a skidoo? I said, well... I guess they'll have to go on another ride. So now we got a 50-50, You know what I mean? Uh, that, that's kind of my dedication to the to the uh, Bombardier group, the Skidoo group. You know that I just I wanted to see just nothing but all Skidoo's
0: on that ride. Yeah. So what are you riding now, then, uh, Mike? What 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 model do you ride? I got a uh, I still got a,
2: a X the eight hundred X Renegade. Okay. Yeah. So I, you know I, I I still I still like that kind of. Quite a bit of lakes where we're at here but i kind of get a charge out of that feeling uh doing that a little bit of a hundred plus once in a while you know what i mean so uh that's kind of where i'm at uh i, I suppose i should slow down but one day <laughs> i'm not even going to be riding them anymore you know so whatever
0: yeah enjoy it enjoy it now sure for sure yeah, now. yeah. absolutely yeah, sure. so all right, all right, I guess we should wrap it up because, you know, we're, we're, I'm sure we're getting into kickoff time. So you're a big Packers fan, are you? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, everybody that was here in Wisconsin a big Packers fan. Well, they do so well. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I remember coming yeah, to... Really, really, Green Bay is only three hours south of us, so we went to numerous games, and at one point in time had season tickets and stuff like that, so yeah. we just kind of passed that on to our kids. But, you know... Uh, I, I I truly want to say that I enjoyed the, inter- the interview with you guys. I'm glad that we meet you uh, over the phone, and hopefully this COVID nineteen takes a break. Uh, we can uh, meet each other in
0: February. Absolutely, yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah. I yeah. yeah All right. Sure, too. All right, pal, uh Thank you very much, and uh, Mike and and uh, and your wife. Uh, uh, thank you very much for for the interview, and uh, it was great. It was great to talk to you and say. Let's 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 hope uh, we can we can get together uh, this winter and uh, and meet and, and go for a ride. Oh yeah, i look forward to that. All right, you take care. Thanks
3: a lot, Mike. Yeah, you too. Thank yeah, you very much. Bye bye. Thanks. Yeah. thank you. Bye. Thanks.